0: Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hi, well, like my daughter said, my name is Kat Lee, and this is the Inspired to Action podcast. And today, what we're going to be talking about is how to be a good mom on a bad day. I have had those. I'm guessing maybe you have too. And if you haven't, then I want you to like call me or tell me how you do it, because I've had bad days with my kids, but I'm convinced that we can still be good moms, even when we're having a rough time, when we're not feeling good, when things aren't going our way, and when unexpected things happen, we can still be a great mom. And we're going to talk about that today. But first, I wanted to give a shout out to a few people. I uh, really appreciate you guys giving feedback on iTunes on this podcast. And I wanted to thank a few people who have given some, some really encouraging reviews. So thank you to Bow 29 Natalie and Rob, Appreciative4Fix, User2587360, Mama3OK, and Sunny Esperette for giving giving a shout out on iTunes. I really appreciated it. It helps other moms find the podcast and it's just kind of encouraging because the thing about podcasting is you don't really get feedback like you do on a blog post. I wish we did. I wish we could like all just sit around and chat, but so far that's not how technology works. So I just wanted to say I appreciate you guys for giving that feedback on iTunes. And if you get a chance to do that, I'd love it if you would go to the iTunes page for the Inspired to Action podcast and tell us what you think. So today, we're going to be talking about how to be a good mom on a bad day. And I know that my last podcast was how to be a more patient mom. And I promise not every single podcast is going to be about this topic. But I don't know where you guys are with your school year, or maybe you homeschool, or maybe you're on a different um, schedule. But for us, it's going to be spring break next week. And spring break is always fun fun. But it can be kind of challenging, at least for me, because I'm used to the kids being in school. And not all my kids are in all-day school. Um, I have one. My my son is just in half-day school. But I'm used to having at least a couple hours to my introverted self every single day. And when spring break hits, it's a little bit of a shock to my system because suddenly we're all together all the time. And if I don't have a plan then I'm going to have a bad day. And I want to start out this spring break. First of all, I'm going to have a plan, so hopefully I won't have a bad day. But, you know, whether you have spring break coming up or not, whether you homeschool, whether you send your kids to public school or private school or wherever, it could be on a weekend or during the summer, we all occasionally just have a bad day where we wake up on the wrong side of the bed. You know, I had one of those days a while back. My kids had a day off from school, and I'd really actually been looking forward to it. I was excited about just the free time. We could go and hang out and do whatever. Most of the other schools in the area were actually in session. And so we could go and have the museum to ourselves. We could have the zoo to ourselves. It was going to be an awesome day. But I just woke up cranky. I woke up like a little ogre woman and just... Was grumpy about pretty much everything. And I knew that it was started off wrong when I got up and I went into my little closet where I'm actually recording this podcast. And I have like my closet is separated into like one half is actually a closet with clothes and things. And then the other half is my desk. And it's where I go in the morning to have my quiet time and to hopefully get my day in order before it starts, theoretically. But this one particular morning, I went in there, and I sat down, and I was in there for like an hour. And I think all I had accomplished was surfing Facebook and reading through my email and checking Pinterest and getting nothing, nothing done. I didn't have a quiet time. I didn't read my Bible. I didn't do anything I was supposed to do. So I was just off. And... You know, it it would have been nice if if my kids had gone to the school gone to school that day. I could have had a couple hours to maybe regroup or whatnot. But it was a day off and so my kids came in and I was already off. I was already feeling kind of grumpy and kind of just wanted to be by myself. And then my kids who were super excited about a day off from school were actually just really talkative and not wanting to give me that solitude that I seemed to want at that point in time. And so I knew I was headed on a bad track, that my need for having some introverted time and my children's desire to connect with me and have fun that day were going to collide. And so I needed to come up with a plan. And I would love to say that I started the day off with a plan, that I started off saying, "Okay, this is exactly what I'm going to do. But you know what? I didn't. I started off being grumpy. I started off being rude to my kids. And I started off not being the mom that I wanted to be. And I got to a point where I was like, okay, either today is just going to really stink or I'm going to need to turn it around. And so what I decided was I was just going to let them know. And so I did a few things and we're going to talk about each one of them today. Uh, I actually have eight things here. And I hope that this little plan that I came up with will help you if you have a grumpy day. And, you know, the minute that we recognize it, hopefully we can put this plan into action and we can redeem some of the day. And, um, yeah, so the first thing I did was I warned them. I said, okay, kids, and now, of course, my kids are a little bit older. If you have really little ones who aren't really talkative yet, um, well, that might help you not have as grumpy of a day. I don't know. Um, But if they don't really understand what you're saying yet, then obviously this isn't necessarily going to work. But, for those of you with a little bit older kids, I warned them. I said, you know what, guys, I'm not feeling very good today. Have you guys ever not felt good? And, you know, they'd say, yeah, and they'd tell me about time they didn't feel good. And so I told them, I'm not feeling very good today, and I'm feeling, I'm feeling kind of grumpy. Do you guys remember Grumpy Mommy? <laughs> and, of course, they all nod and look a little bit fearful. And I said, I'm feeling a little bit grumpy. And so in order for you guys to have a good day, because I want you to have a good day, I'm going to need you guys to pray for me. And so, you know, they took a minute and they prayed for me. And I also told them that I'm going to need your help today because I'm not I'm not doing so well. So we need we need to be a team today. So that's what I did. The first step is I warned them. Then the next thing I did is that I decided that only life-threatening misbehavior was going to warrant my correction because again, we all have different personalities. We all have different outlooks on things, but me, I can be justice-oriented. I can be very uh, detail-oriented well detail oriented when it comes to nitpicking, not necessarily when it comes to cleaning my baseboards. So I, I can be very uh, justice-oriented. So when I'm in a bad mood, if my kid does something wrong, I'm going to jump on it because I'm already in a grumpy mood, and I'm going to want them to do everything right. And then if they have a bad attitude that I jumped on them, then I'm going to have a bad attitude that they had a bad attitude that I got mad at them. And it just ends up being this terrible downward spiral. And so I decided that, you know, I could either end this day with my kids maybe breaking something, um, maybe watching too much TV or maybe, you know, being too loud in the neighborhood, or I could end this day really regretting words that I had spoken to my kids. And I decided I would rather have the neighbors upset with me than have my children hurt. So I decided that only life-threatening misbehavior was going to warrant my correction. So they, this was in the summer, so they ran around and they shot each other with water guns. They tracked water into my kitchen. They left the door open all the time. They, you know, they argued and they yelled in the backyard and stuff that normally I would say something about that I would correct, that I would work on them with. But I knew that I wasn't capable of doing that well in that moment. And so I just didn't do anything. I sat outside and I watched them and I was with them, but I had my headphones on and my journal and my Bible in my hand and I just let them keep going. And if they weren't hurting one another and um, or hurting me, then I was just going to let them go because that was what my priority was. I did not want to hurt them with my words and in my anger at that point in time. So, yeah, number one was I warned them that I was going to be in a bad mood. Number two was that only life-threatening misbehavior warranted my correction. And then number three was I let them fend for themselves. I have three kids, and the two girls are pretty close in age, and my little boy is the youngest, and he knows how to push all their buttons. And so, you know, they were outside all day. They were playing together, and, of course, they argued, and they would come to me. But what I did is I told them that, you know, y'all – It is in your best interest that you guys figure it out yourselves because I remember mommy's kind of not doing very well today and I need you guys to work together and to figure it it out themselves. And you know what? They totally did. Uh, You know, I could hear them hashing it out. I could hear them arguing, but they eventually worked it out and solved their own problems. And that's not what I'm going to do every day because it's not always going to end up perfectly fair and not always going to work out. Um, with everyone being a blessing to one another, but in that situation, I knew that if I jumped into it again, I was gonna nitpick and I was gonna just, you know, be really, really harsh with them. And I didn't want to do that, and so I just let them fend for themselves. And so it was actually kind of fun because, I, you know, by the end of the day, they were kind of parenting one another. They, they'd someone would do something and they'd say, "Shh, no, we need to get along because, you know, because mommy's grumpy." Remember? And it was really neat just to kind of see them um, take up arms together and fight for one another and make sure that, that, you know, Grumpy Mommy didn't get on any of their cases. So letting them fend for themselves helped them, and it helped me. The next thing I did is that I sacrificed some of my ideals for the sake of survival. Again, along with that justice thing in me is I can be really idealistic and when i see that in a parenting book it says not to let your let your kids watch any more than x number of minutes of tv a day i take that pretty seriously and i try to limit it i try to you know i just want to do everything really well and so i end up just kind of running in circles and stressing myself out and sometimes stressing my kids out too and so when i'm having a rough day you know my idealistic self and then my grumpy self could kind of combine to create this like firestorm of no. No TV, no video games, no computer, no nothing ever, you know, just being really grumpy and really upset and just harsh with my kids. And that just wasn't going to be helpful. And so I let them play video games. I let them watch TV a lot more than I normally would have. And I haven't seen any long-term consequences from it. I know we hear a lot of times how Watching too much TV or playing too many video games is harmful for our kids, but really so is unleashing my grumpiness on them. And if it's something that's going to kind of help keep peace in our house for this one specific day, and if while they're doing that, I'm focused on getting my attitude right, then it's okay with me. It's okay that I'm not necessarily living up to my ideals in that situation because I want to live up to my ideals with my attitude first, and then I'll deal with TV or games and that sort of thing. I figured it was better than yelling at them. So that's number four. Number five is that I gave them ultimatums. You know, if if they wanted to play together, then they had to get along. And if they didn't get along, then they needed to go to their rooms. And they didn't want to do that. They like to play together. They're all very social. And so if they wanted to be able to play together in the backyard, they were going to need to not argue. And again, this is where that um self parenting kind of came into play where they would they would see one of their brother or sister or whatnot doing something that maybe they shouldn't be doing or they saw two of the others arguing and they'd say no 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 we need to get along let's let's not argue because we want to stay out here and we want to play so let's get along and so i declared those ultimatums and just reminded them that if they wanted to play together they needed to work together And it was, again, it was really neat to see them working together and and to work out their differences um, quietly so that they wouldn't disturb the grumpy mommy giant. So that's number five. I declared ultimatums. Number six is that I decided that there wasn't going to be any media for mommy. I was grumpy, and I knew that media wasn't going to fix me. So I chose just for the whole day to stay offline until my attitude improved. And so I listened to music, I read my Bible, and I wrote in my journal. And I knew that changing my attitude wasn't going to be helped by checking on Facebook or Pinterest or Twitter, any of those things. The only thing that was going to change my heart was God. And I needed to spend time listening to worship music, um, writing down how I was feeling and, and, and hashing through that. I needed to spend time reading the truth. And just listening and letting God speak to me and just creating kind of a quiet place. And again, we're all different. I'm kind of, I can be introverted. And so I really need that time and space. Maybe you're extroverted and maybe you're different. I don't think that Facebook or Pinterest or social media things are going to help. But, you know, maybe you need to call a friend or maybe you need to pray with your husband or do something different. But the point is, is that when we're having a rough day, we're not going to find the answer on the computer or on our phone. We're going to find it praying with somebody, listening to God, uh, reading the word, um, worshiping. And so our our focus needs to be on those things. So that's number six. Number seven is that I found a distraction. So when it got towards the end of the day, I you know I was like, okay, we've watched plenty of TV. We've played too many video games. The kids are tired of playing outside. So I decided to take them to the bookstore. My kids love to go to the bookstore and to look at books and to play with the train table and things like that. So I took them to the bookstore. And, you know, when we got there, they played with the little, no, not Kindles. What are they? The Nooks at Barnes & Noble. They played some games on there again, and that was fine. But what I realized is that I don't like to say this out loud, but I'm going to. I knew that I was going to be nicer to them if I was out in public than if we were just at home. When it was at the end of the day and I was already grumpy and I was tired and they were getting tired, I knew that to end it well, I needed the peer pressure, I suppose, of being in a public place and um, and knowing that I was hopefully going to be kinder and more patient with them in public than I would be at home. And I know that's an awful thing to say and an awful thing to admit, but I was willing to do whatever it took to end the day without regrets. And if that meant going to the bookstore, then I was going to go to the bookstore. And so we did that, and you know, they didn't know any different. They just thought it was a really fun thing to do. And for me, it really helped me. And then finally, all day long, I tried to get healthy. I knew that I wasn't feeling well, probably because I was tired, and I couldn't take a nap. But I tried to do everything else that I could. I, I took my vitamins. I ate plenty of protein. I drank as much water as I could. And I, I made a point that from... As as often as I could think of it, obviously it's not going to be perfect every day, but I was really going to focus on being healthy, especially on days that I knew I was going to be home just with the kids unexpectedly, you know, not unexpectedly, like suddenly they're all sick. But if I knew that an off day of school was coming, I needed to get plenty of sleep the night before. I needed to drink water, eat healthy so that I could have the best chance of being in a good mood for my kids. So those are the eight things. To Number one, just to recap, was to warn them. Warn them that you're in a bad mood. Ask them to pray for you. And um, number two is only life-threatening misbehavior warranted my correction. Number three is let them fend for themselves. Number four is sacrificing ideals for the sake of survival. That sounds terrible, but I'm hoping you know what I mean after listening to the whole thing. Number five is declaring ultimatums. Number six is no media for mommy. Number seven is find a distraction. Number eight is get healthy. And I hope that helps you. I hope that, um, honestly, I also hope that it helps just me being honest and saying, you know, I have grumpy days, I have had grumpy days, and I will have grumpy days. Uh, just because I record this podcast or write a blog about motherhood, it doesn't mean that I'm... I'm always a great mom because I'm definitely not. My kids are very familiar with Grumpy Mommy, but I am determined to always grow and always improve and always change and always really realize that I can't be a great mom. I am inherently going to be a grumpy mom apart from the grace of God. And so I need him every single day in order to not be a grumpy mom. And that's one thing that I did leave off of there, hoping that it was a given, but realizing that it's not. I think I'll mention it now. Um, just, man, we, I think the whole start of that grumpy day was me not being focused in the morning and really aligning my heart with God's during my time in the morning. And that's just such a key thing to do. And so if you do any of those things, I hope you'll do that one thing. But if your day does start off wrong, I hope those eight suggestions will help. And I hope that if you do have spring break next week, that it's a great week for you, that you don't have any grumpy days. But if you do... Um, maybe these ideas will help you kind of kick your way out of it or make your way through it and end the day without any regrets. Well, that's all we have for this episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. But you can check out all the shows and other resources, including free eBooks and prayer calendars at my blog at inspiredtoaction.com. And if you think this podcast would encourage other moms, I'd really appreciate it if you would take a minute to rate it in iTunes. But I just want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your day to tune in. And I hope you've been encouraged and challenged and, well, you know, inspired to action. So don't forget that you are a mom. You're kind of a big deal. So go be awesome. Later.